Hey everyone, welcome to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I'm AJ. I'm Jen. And I'm Rebecca. And this is episode number four of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we're going to talk about book number two, Glory and Death, which apparently is one of Jen's favorites. It is, indeed. Yeah, I I, um, I don't think I've read it cover to cover in years. Um, sure. So this is the first time in several years that I've read it cover to cover. And I forgot how much I really like it. It's 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 a really good book. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's... um. I think she delves into the relationship factor a lot more in this one than in Naked, obviously. I mean. Right. Well, and, and you know, you could kind of see, like, with this one in Naked, the um, kind of the very standard, like, romance plot arc that's happening in all three. Yeah. Right? So you get the first the- one, you're getting boy meets girl type thing. And then this one, you're kind of getting boy loses girl kind of thing, even though he gets her back in the end. But then in the next one, we're going to see the H-E-A, you know, the happily ever after type thing. Correct. But I think that with the standard trilogy formula, I guess. Yes. But I think that with, you know, with anything that has, has to do with the emotional stuff happening to the characters, I think that's where I feel like. Nora really like nails it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, what are your thoughts? Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say some of my favorite books in the series are the ones where it's really deep, emotional stuff like divided and, uh, innocent. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. So, yeah. And so, Rebecca, your your overall thoughts on this one? Uh, this one felt a little more romancy to me, um, and I did I did in, enjoy it. Um, it's uh, you know we we had that whole discussion uh, last time about the uh, sexual um, things that that usually happen in a in a book, and I and I don't think I don't feel like these go that far, which is you know I don't need an play-by-play detail of, you know, how people do stuff. So it's, I think, and, and the tension that is, that is built in this book is pretty cool, you know, because they're the conflict that they're having between each other, um, pretty much through the book. So, um, right. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed, I definitely enjoyed this one probably better than the last one. Yeah. 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 So I guess we go through, let's go through a little bit of what's going on in this book. Uh, so the beginning of the book, uh, we see Eve at a crime scene and the victim is somebody she knows, a prominent prosecuting attorney named Cicely Towers. So um, she does a little bit of investigating that night. Then in the morning, she goes in and, and uh, does her reporting to Commander Whitney who happens to be a friend of Cicely Towers, a good friend. And so they kind of spar a little bit on that. 
And at certain point, Whitney says something to Eve to the effect of, you know, you wouldn't know about family, which is kind of a low blow. I was going to say that. That has it always... It was a really low blow. That <laughs> shot has always bothered me. Every time he says it, I'm like, Whitney, you dick. Yep. Like, really? Yep. What is wrong with you? Yeah. I don't say that crap. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, he apologizes for it right away, but... Well, sure, but still. still don't say it in the first place, you big fat jerk. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... And we're also introduced kind of to a a reporter uh, named C.J. Morse who calls Eve and uh, wants a statement, and she basically hates the guy, so she doesn't want to give him a statement. I basically hate the guy. Yeah, well, he, yeah. I mean, he's kind of a dick. I mean, obviously, but and but dick, yeah. In, in the very beginning, even I was like, oh this yeah, he's annoying. Yeah, he's, he's a jerk. But he's, he's a piece of jerk. Piece of Junk. <laughs> there you go. After that, I guess in the evening, after she gets off work, she goes to Rourke's, uh, gets into the tub, and basically he gets into the tub with her, and they discuss the case in the tub. <laughs> why not? I mean, why not? I would have done. I would have done that. Yeah. I mean, at some point in my life, yes. I mean, come on. He's yeah. It's his. It's his bathtub, and she's in it. So right. why not? Why not? So, but what I like about it is that you know, it's he's like got these tiles on the wall, and he taps one, and like champagne comes out or wine or something, <laughs> and then another has like a sound system starts. <laughs> it's like, man, this is the man with everything. He's just. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, it's a little ridiculous what Rourke has. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, it is, but it's it's fun. You, got, uh, you have to love it. Yeah. I mean, you do. But it's just like, holy cow. It is I a mean, over the top. <laughs> so, um, so one thing Rourke tells her is that uh, Towers and her ex-husband, Marco Angelini, and he are on the board of directors for Mercury, which is a shipping company that Rourke owns. And Eve right away suspects that Mercury has been a front for a smuggling operation. You know, no big surprise there. So later on that night, Rourke decides to, you know, get Eve all of the information she needs on that company to help her out. But also maybe kind of look into some of the less legal things that he is still involved in and maybe start divesting himself from that. Which I mm -hmm. think is, you know. I think it's sweet. I think it's sweet that he's doing that. Yeah. I think it's really sweet that he did that without her asking. That's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. She didn't have to ask him. He just did it. Right, because he knew it was going to be a problem for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if she had asked him to do it, it would have changed kind of the dynamics of the whole series. Right. Because, you know... And she never then really she does. I'm trying to think of in the series whether she actually comes to him at any point and says, you need to stop. And she doesn't ever. She doesn't. No, she never does. And I think that's actually made pretty clear. I can't remember what book it is because, you know, he makes, during an argument, he makes the point that he gave it all up for her. And she said, well, I never asked you to. Right. 
And I don't remember, yeah, I can't remember which book it was, but yeah. So the next morning, uh, Rourke announces he has to go to Australia and wants Eve to stay in his mansion while he's gone, but she's uncomfortable with that. She wants to stay at her own place. She's not comfortable yet at the mansion without him. And he's a little mm-hmm. pissy about that. I see. I get what I get where she's coming from there. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I wouldn't want to stay there without him. Yeah, and yeah. you know, not with you know, with Somerset feeling the way he does about her, and just yeah, I no. If she still has her own place, I get it. Yeah, yeah that's where I'm kind of like, just shut up, Rourke. You're, she's fine. You're not even there. Why do you care? <laughs> Why do you care? I mean, I get that he wants a commitment, and fine, but... And probably a little bit of... I mean, by her being there, wouldn't he have a little bit more control over her? And I think maybe he's he's looking for that because he's always trying to protect and keep her out of trouble. And, you know, I think he's trying to control a little bit more of her life, not in a negative way necessarily, but in a way that he... He feels he's protecting her. He feels like she'd be more safe. Right. Yeah, yeah I, guess I, I guess I never really looked at it that way. But Work is all about control. Control of himself, oh, yeah. control of the situation, you know. 100%. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's that's Rourke. Yeah. So, well, so is Evo. And I think they both kind of grapple with that throughout the series. Yeah. You know, both of them trying to control each other <laughs> basically right. yeah <laughs> right so then we go to eve uh going downtown and looking at the crime scene again and this is where we we have our first encounter with crack crack from the down and dirty club <laughs> yay yay i love crack <laughs> seriously where? one of my favorites <laughs> he wants her to strip at the club, and she's like, no, no, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I've got a job, thanks. So, but he d- does direct her to another bar where he heard that this lady was waiting for somebody, or it looked like she was waiting for somebody. So he went over there, asked the droid manning the bar, and uh, the droid said that, yes, in fact, uh, Towers was there, and she did have a purple umbrella with her. But Eve never found a purple umbrella, so where is the purple umbrella? Well, and here, okay, side note, mm-hmm. who matches their umbrella to their outfit? Uh, I don't know. I mean, right? that's exactly what I thought. Nobody I was like, are you kidding that many umbrellas? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm sure think? there's somebody out there. Exactly. If you're listening, if you match your umbrella to your outfit, let us know because I don't believe anybody does that. <laughs> Somebody out there does of it. Of course. You know. Yeah. I, I guess if you live in a place that rains a lot, maybe you have multiple umbrella umbrellas. I mean, I have more than one umbrella, but I don't have enough that would match every outfit I have. Right. <laughs> I don't have every color of the rainbow. Well, maybe that was just her special outfit that matches her umbrella that she wore that day. <laughs> okay. Maybe, she, maybe that's the one outfit. <laughs> she, on that she day. did notate in in her in her diaries what she was going to wear at every single thing, which right. always, that cracked me up. Right. Yeah. Who Some does that? Do. 
I get, I, you know, I bet somebody does. So. I, I, you know, I know people plan their outfits. I've never understood that, but I, I know people do that. I get it. But I just, I don't know. Matching umbrellas, no. Yeah. So also, um, Rebecca, you did say earlier that you you made some notes on this one. Um, so remember last episode we were talking about the brilliant colors? So like right in the beginning, yeah. she's wearing a robe in this one. She's wearing a robe, and it specifically says it's it's a brilliant color. And I thought it was really interesting after we had that whole discussion about her thinking that the um, – that the bright colors were um, extravagant, that they were, you know, over the top. They were, what do we, remember we had that whole discussion? Yeah, self-indulgent. Yeah. Self-indulgent, thank you. Um, and so I thought it was it was interesting that she was, she was in this robe. Let, let me pull it. Well, it seems to me like, it, it you know, especially is, once she gets together with Rourke, that kind of changes because he's he's able to get her whatever she wants, and he buys a lot of her wardrobe. Right, but I but I found it interesting that she you know at, like she kind of has already progressed to the point where she's accepting right. these things that are self indulgent. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and the coffee. And the coffee. She's already accepted that, and and you know. Yeah. The bath in the bathroom with the tiles that open up and you have wine and music. Well, I think that's where the brilliant robe, the the robe of brilliant color was. You know, I think she got out of the bath and that she put that on. And yeah, I, it's I, Rourke's house. You got to wear. It, it was so funny because I think I read that the night that we that we did the, the podcast, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's already <laughs> indulging. Good for her it. too. Yeah. That's what I know. So um, then Eve and Feeney meet. They go back to Towers' apartment to look around and see, you know, what they'd maybe missed. And they see that she had purposely erased her very last phone message, which is very suspicious. After that, they question the ex-husband and the kids. Uh, The ex-husband has no alibi for the murder. I feel like she really sets Marco up as kind of the red herring. I mean, spoiler alert, obviously, but kind of as the the obvious suspect. You know what I mean? Right. As you're reading, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, he totally did it. But um, that's funny. I never felt that way about him. Really? Yeah. The first time I read it, I was sure it was him. But yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the sun. Okay. First time I read it. Then, that evening, Eve goes out with Mavis to a club called Armageddon, which has nothing to do with the storyline. I'm just saying it because she was probably wiped by that time and probably got to bed late. But even still, oh yeah, she makes it home finally at 1 a.m. and then is awoken by Rourke. uh, Doing it. Doing it. (laughs) That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. I mean, you'd think you would wake up before then. I would have, but maybe she was. I mean, so I tired. wouldn't mind being woken up by work that way, but That's all right. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so then the very next morning, uh, they talk a little bit. So this is in her apartment. He's, she, you know, she went back to her own apartment and he met her there. 
And now he's woken up and he's still a little pissed off that she chose her apartment over his house, which she is wanting her to see as their house now. But she doesn't see it that way. So he's a little pissed off. And they talk a little bit about Rourke's trip and what he did on the trip and a little bit about the investigation. And um, before Rourke leaves, he's got an appointment. He's got a meeting. So he gets up to leave. And before he leaves, he presents Eve with a gift, a giant <laughs> diamond called the Giant's Tear. And Eve does not want Lose to Loses her it. shit. Loses her shit is a good way yeah. to put it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I, and I was wondering when I was reading this book, because um, he says, well, I was just in Australia and it came up and I decided to buy it, you know. But I have to wonder if he hadn't already seen it. Because the first book he, he says, they, you know, they talk about him purchasing things uh, at auction. And he says he always attends in person, in person unless he can't, yeah. very rarely. And I wonder if he'd seen this necklace up for auction and went, oh, I'm going to go down there and buy it for her. Hey, I mean, honestly, knowing Rook, it would not surprise me. Right. And then and put a little business in with it, but tell Eve I'm going for business. Uh-huh. Not I'm going down there to buy a gigantic diamond for you. I mean, yeah, that's that's pure work right there. Yeah. I could totally see that. So they do argue a little bit about the uh, the necklace because Rourke tells her he wants all or he wants nothing. And you know what? Good for him. I'm sorry. Good for him. I'm glad he yeah. said it. Yeah. Because, you know, the way she was dragging her feet... Yeah, and it's a little, you know, in these books, it's you, you get the feeling that, well, I mean, in other books, not, not these, but in other books that have kind of this dynamic, you get the feeling that it's always the guy that's dragging his feet. Sure. But it's just interesting that in this series, you know, you know Rourke <laughs> knows right, right from the very beginning, and yeah. it's her that's dragging her feet. Mm -hmm. And he's tired of it. Well, I can't blame him. He decides to walk, and she says, you can't just walk. And he said, oh, yes, I can. Yeah, I actually love that scene. <laughs> I was shocked. Like, you go. Good job, Yes, bro. I can. I Hold was on. totally shocked. I did not think he'd do that. Well, you know, I mean, again, control. Control, and My... I also think it's, a lot of it is pride with him, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because he, um, you know, here he is. He's basically begging her to be with him, and he's sick of it. Right. He doesn't want to beg anymore. And he's kind and I don't of think he's ever had to beg before. He wants, and no. the woman he's in love with is being a pain in the ass. Right. Literally. <laughs> and so he's just kind of like fed up and like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. You can come to me when you figure it out. Yeah. And like Rebecca said, I don't think he's ever had to beg before. No. Absolutely not, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, so she's upset, but she still has to get the job done. So, uh, she has to go speak with Commander Whitney's wife. And, um, what I find interesting, so once she, 
like leaves. Oh, I mean, once he leaves and now they're split up. Uh, I find I found interesting the little like I'm gonna call them virtual breadcrumbs that Nora puts uh, down for Eve. You know, um, mm-hmm. in one of these interviews with with Whitney's wife Anna. Anna Whitney says something to the effect of, um, she's, they're talking about, uh, Cicely Towers' daughter. Um, and, and she says, she's a strong woman, Lieutenant, but even strong women need an arm to lean on now and then. So I feel like that's the first like little virtual breadcrumb. And then later on, she's interviewing, uh, Marina Angelini, uh, Cicely Towers' daughter. And Marina says to her, when you love someone, you have to be with them, don't you, to be part of their life, to have them be part of yours. And I thought, yeah. oh, there's another little subtle breadcrumb mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's things that she needed to hear. Right. Um, because right. she, she's so damn stubborn. I mean, honestly. And it's just, and I mean, I get a lot of it is insecurity and she doesn't understand how to be in a relationship. She just doesn't. That's very obvious. But yeah, yeah, she needed to hear those things. Yeah. So uh, next day, she, Eve is getting ready to go to Towers' funeral. I guess she likes doing that, going to the funerals. I didn't know that was a thing. She does kind of like shaking them down at the funeral, right? Yeah. Well, you know, and I've, I've read that in other books and seen it in other movies and TV shows and stuff. It's kind of like a thing where, oh, maybe the maybe whoever did it will be there. So right. the cops are going to show up at, at the funeral. Yeah. So, I mean, I maybe it's a thing for real. I don't know. I'm not a cop. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not either. I'm, and I'm, you know, yeah, I wouldn't know anything about being a murder suspect or a... <laughs> That we or know murder, so I don't know that I would go to the funeral of somebody I murdered, but yeah, well, you, you never know. Do, I guess I don't know. Um, um, so she's getting ready for the the uh, funeral. She puts on the ugly gray suit and sees the missing button. The button that makes her think of Roar. Yes. So and actually, I tweeted this morning that we were doing this episode. Mm-hmm. And I asked the thoughts on the button. Right. We didn't get a lot of responses. I, we're still building our Twitter following. Right. Um, but Beth said that she likes the button, but she's glad it's not brought up too often anymore. <laughs> I love, you know, I mean, I'm with you. I, I love the button thing. I, I yeah. absolutely love it. That he's and they kind of wish it was brought up more. I yeah. understand that, you know, she's kind of phased it out a little bit. It's still brought up. A fair amount. I mean, I don't want to say it's every book, but it's it's at least every other book it's brought up. Mm-hmm. I think it's sweet. Yeah, it really it's, is. It is. It's like a. It's like you know, like Rourke said in the first one. You know, it's kind of like carrying a lock of your sweetheart's hair. You know, it's just it's adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not a term you would apply to Rourke normally, but it is. It's adorable. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's just such a strong, confident guy, but he's such a, he's just so, he's so soft for Eve. He's so, right. he's just total sucker for her. And yeah. it's, 
it's ridiculous and I love it. So <laughs> I just I love stories like that where you've got this really strong man who's just a complete hot mess for his woman. I think right. that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's a very uh, romance novel thing. It is, yeah. indeed. I, I mean, I think it is just in fiction in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it in TV and movies and, um, yeah, so it's good. I like it. Right. And, yeah, and the button is just, it's adorable. It really is. And I just, I love it. And I love <laughs> to see it pop up. And Yeah, yeah. every single time. Yep. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, the necklace as well. I love to see that pop up. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they all have their thing. Yeah. I mean, they both have their thing. Mm-hmm. He's got the button and she's got the necklace. Yep. So. Yeah, she does eventually accept the, neck- the necklace, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you read it, you know. She's, she's read it by this time. You read it, yep. you know. We're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we talked about doing a pod Bella just on like their sentimental things. So yeah, I like the button. We'll get more in depth with that later. But yeah. And the times good. he brings it out, the button, it, the, the yeah. times she brings it out are, are the times when he's really like he's puzzling over something that Eva said or done. Or like, for, for example, I think it was in, um, I want to say Purity when he was supposed to be testing the uh, the the um oh yes that scene where he's testing the the computer vi- the the computer yeah. virus and, yeah and before he he says let's go he puts his hand in his pocket and yeah and, uh, picks up that button i wanted to throat punch him in that scene dumbass <laughs> what are you Thinking. Well, I was believing on that one. Like, what is wrong with you? Conversation for another podcast. Right. I'm sorry. Sorry. Rebecca. Sorry. sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We won't get too far into that. Let's move on. All right. So at the funeral, of course, Rourke is there with some other woman, and Eve is just, you know, fuming uh, over that. And um, it's a great scene. I love it. Yeah. I do too. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> because Feeny, Feeny's with her. Feeny doesn't know. And Feeny's like, what is going on? You know. But... I absolutely love how amused Feeny is by the whole thing. Yes. You know what I mean? He's just like, he's not he's not pissed on Eve's behalf. He's just amused by it all. Right. And he's just like, right. you know, I just, I love that. I think well, it's he's... so great. He probably sees them both and goes like, "This is this is going to work out. This is just a a bump, and yeah, you know, everybody oh, goes through absolutely. this." Absolutely, you know. And you know, just to see Eve go through it, I think is 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 pretty entertaining to him. Absolutely, yeah. Because he, you know, as we learn later, you know, he he loves her like a daughter, and he's right. that's. You know, that's like any dad watching with amusement, like, really? Right. Seriously. Yeah. Get your ass in gear, child. Yeah, you're like... both being stupid. <laughs> Get over it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I love and I... The, the scene. One of my favorites is, is they're in, they're there at the, at the cathedral and uh, Eve sees CJ Morrison says something, you know, like, fuck him. And, yeah. And Feeney's like, uh we're in St. Pat's. You can't say that in the church. You can't say that in the church. 
Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, TV are good Catholic. Beautiful. Uh, it's just funny. It's one of my favorites. But I favorites. love this too. I love that. Like, you know, if God doesn't want me to swear in church, she shouldn't, she shouldn't make little assholes like that yeah. or something like that. I don't she know, shouldn't. She so shouldn't. She shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> Which I just love. I like what she does to CJ. <laughs> that's a good one. That cracked me up. Yeah. I love that's what I loved about the scene where she was just like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know. So um afterwards at the kind of wake, I guess, or the what do you call that a little party afterwards, which is strange um, that we yeah. have parties yeah. after the wake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she uh, basically interviews the, the family and Rourke is there and Rourke kind of takes her to the side, even though they're pissed at each other and, and kind of clues her in on the fact that uh, David, Cicely Towers's son, uh, has had a lot of um, gambling debt. And he's been paying out money. And so she's determined to get to the bottom of that. And also, Randall Slate, who I think is Marina Angelini's fiance, is also part of this, some scandal that happened on an obscure gambling satellite, which Rourke had a casino in, but no longer has. Mm-hmm. But there was some kind of scandal. So now Eve is looking at both... Uh, David Angelini and Randall Slade. So next murder victim happens and it's a woman named Yvonne Metcalf. And uh, Yvonne Metcalf is, of course, a former lover of Rourke's. (laughs) There were so many. There were so many, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of glad she's given that arrest as well. Yeah. In yeah. the later book, it's like, yeah, it was, again, a little ridiculous. Right. It's like, my God, man, did you sleep with everybody? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like well, Eve either had a victim or just somebody he knew she interviewed or something that it's like, come on, really? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. He's hot and he was single, but. Like, well, I mean, you know, some guys are like that, though. They just yeah. But oh, totally. But I just um, yeah, I'm kind of glad that she's kind of given it a rest. Right. And here's something I thought was funny. She goes at at the end of the day this this day. She goes back to her apartment and she's like thinking of Galahad. She left Galahad with Rourke, and she's like <laughs> kind of a little bit sad. He's not there, you know. Which again is <laughs> is back right. But again, it's kind of a, 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 a progress, you know, her, her changing in, in her, um, you know, I mean, because before she was, I'm sure she was perfectly fine staying at her apartment by herself, you know? Yeah. But I mean, but she, she also, I mean, she would have left him there while Rourke was gone. You know, why didn't she bring him when he left to go to Australia. Why didn't she bring him with her? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the only reason he was still at Rourke's, because well, otherwise she didn't bring so, him back and drop him off. The reason why is because um, Galahad has also been bonding with Somerset. Somerset, yes. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure Somerset's like, I will take care of the cat. That is literally my bro TP in the series is Somerset and Galahad. Yeah. Like, I absolutely love that. They are, those two. They are I, they're so, it's just, it's so cute. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, I know we discussed that I'm not a fan of Somerset for a long time, but I love the Galahad and Somerset dynamic. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so one thing that we know is that she did go through Yvonne Metcalf's uh, diary and saw mention of Rourke. And just because of everything that's going on, she's like getting more and more heated up about, you know, Rourke's relationship with this woman. And she decides, no, she's just going to storm on over there to Rourke's house and confront him. And this is like the, the best scene yeah. Ever. Because she goes to the house and Somerset's like, I'm sure Somerset by this time was like, well, thank God. He's, yeah. he's rid of that woman. You know. <laughs> I'm sure Absolutely. Yeah. Somerset's like, we got the cat and the woman's gone and I'm happy, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I here. the cat and I get rid of the woman. Right. Yes. Exactly. So, and then here she shows up and he's not going to let her through. He is like indignant. No, he's not going to let her through. And they end up like, you know, sparring, you know, right. <laughs> that was Fantastic. the, yeah. I mean, it was one of the yeah. best parts of the whole, I could just picture him standing when work was like, I've got this, I'll take care of this. And he, you could just see him there like all ruffled, like, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, they right? came through the door, like, you know, grappling. And exactly. You can only imagine what Rourke was, Rourke was thinking, seeing these two. <laughs> like... And you know, Somerset was like, oh, crap. Yeah. This <laughs> here she is, and I know Rourke's going to take her back. Right. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, that's exactly what happens. You exactly. Know. Um. And the whole scene, I mean, that's like one of my favorite scenes of it's the whole series. Scene. Mm-hmm. It's such a great scene because they really, you know, I mean, he's uh, pissed off with her and she's pissed off with him. And, you know, and she's like, forget it. I'm going to leave. And she can't quite do it. And she turns around and she shows him that she's wearing the damn thing. <laughs> I'm wearing the damn thing. Are you happy? (laughs) And I I have been been wearing it. And she has been wearing it. And, you know, and he's like, well, it suits you. Like I said, and she's like, that's a a lot, you know. Well, you know, yeah. (laughs) It makes me feel Whatever, dude. Yeah, but I'll wear it and I'll, you know, tolerate this, you know, the insulting butler and... You know, move into the palace, move into the palace and all of that. And then later he kind of, you know, uh, confesses to her that she wouldn't have been able to leave anyway because he'd already hit the locks on the door. He locked the door, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I love. Yeah, he wasn't going to let her leave. Yeah, until she figured it out. I mean, before anybody gets all, oh, Rourke was trying to trap her and kidnap her. No, that's not what happened. (laughs) he would have let her go if she really wanted to leave yeah he would have let her go it's fine 
there's a great scene. Another one of my favorite scenes of the whole uh, book is uh, when they go to the uh, TV station and she asks Rourke to come with her because she needs Scary yeah. Rourke with her. <laughs> I love Scary Rourke. <laughs> yeah. And he's just coolly, you know, assessing the scene and at one point says, if I do decide to buy this place, really not, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm going to make some changes and going to be some changes. And then CJ Morse tries to uh, buddy up to him and he's like, not having it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, dude. You are so far beneath me. Right. Yeah. So did we uh, skip over the scene where, he gets her the room in, a, in her office. We did. That happened before this. I kind of wanted to no, talk about that. No, it happens after because she had already uh, said that she would stay. Right. Shall and then he, he gets called to Olympus. I thought that. Mm -hmm. I thought the interview yes. with Marco happened after that. And then they go to Mexico yeah. after that. After the interview. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think the room happens first, and then the, yeah. the interview, and then Mexico. Yeah, which is a really, really, again, Rourke thing to do. Yeah. While she's sleeping, I'm going to yeah. have people go over to her apartment and take everything out <laughs> and put them in this other, you know, office area. Uh -huh. So she has her own little mini apartment, you know. Which, yeah, and it's just, again, so just sweet. And adorable, and you know, and because he knew she needed that. <laughs> what? I said, and aggravating. If somebody did that to me, I'd be so mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think I think Eve would have been too if she hadn't already agreed to move in with him. Right. 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 You know, she'd already agreed to move in. Right. So basically, it just takes that off her plate. Yeah. I mean, it's really efficient. <laughs> yeah. And it is kind of a sweet gesture. Yeah. I mean, I think. And, you know, I mean, but she's shocked at first. And I, I think it's just funny that she's shocked and she doesn't say anything right away. And so he gets all irritated. Like, he thinks he's, she's going to be pissed off. So he's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, whatever. Enough. Whatever. Bye. I love you. <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving. See you in a few days. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she manages to get her wits about her, and yeah. Right. So, um, so Eve, so yeah, it was after that that she brings in David Angelini and questions him, and now she's got him in custody. Correct. And um, he manages to get out. And when he gets out, that night is another murder. Correct. So I think we did kind of gloss dun, dun. over. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I think we did kind of uh, gloss over the fact that Eve decided that it would be a good strategy to get as much publicity as she possibly could to get the focus mm -hmm. on her and see if maybe the guy would come after her. Correct. Because that's that's what she thinks is going on here. He's going after people that are stealing a spotlight, or yeah. you know, well, women, women who are stealing. Yes. So, but it kind of backfired, and the guy went after Nadine, but 
it wasn't Nadine. It wasn't Nadine. It was Louise Kursky in Nadine's coat. <laughs> Rebecca's face right now. <laughs> She's like, did you guys read the same book as me? <laughs> You're like, what? what? Huh? Did you read that part? <laughs> Maybe that was that was the part I read, right? What is I was falling asleep. You know what? You're like reading and, and then you wake up in the morning. You're like, oh, shoot. I don't remember the last three pages I read. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Well, let's tell you what happened. Let's talk about Mexico. That's yeah. one of my favorite scenes. You really want to talk about Mexico. Yeah. Well, it's, it is a great scene. The whole, like, everything about that scene or that, yeah. that chapter actually is like, Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it really just, it leads up to the best part, which is that not necessarily that they have sex because that's no surprise. No surprise at all. No surprise but, at all. But the fact that it was recorded. Yeah. He notices yeah. That, the, that, the, that the cameras were on the whole time. And the fact that Rourke is the one that's embarrassed by it is the best part. Right. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're not watching this. Yeah. And she's, she's like, like let's watch it. it. <laughs> Which awesome. seems so out of character for Eve. Totally out of character for Let's her. Let's watch but it. I love it. Aren't you curious? <laughs> or you know, she could she be saying, "Like, that. are you kidding me, woman? No, <laughs> I'm not watching that." <laughs> Fantastic! I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's that. It is a really great scene. And that's actually the first time when they go to Mexico. That's actually the first time we find out that she sleeps in his shirts. When he leaves. Yeah. She mentions that she she wore one of his shirts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, again, very sweet. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he tells her he replays her um, phone calls over and over. Her phone calls. Yeah. 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 Adorable. They're both adorable. They're so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) They're just adorable and in love and it's sweet. It is very sweet. (laughs) We're, we're, again, we're, we're getting lost. Can we talk Peabody? Oh, we yeah. Do, we Peabody. need to do, like, an outline. I think next time we need to do, like, an outline of the, <laughs> like, major points. Major yeah. points of the book. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I'll do next time. Just an outline of the major points. So I'm not, like, yeah. reading the entire, because the, the, it um. kind of feels the, like you're reading the book. Oh, the timeline on, on the wiki is, is insane. Yeah. All the timelines are, you know, it is, it does feel like reading the book and that's kind of a plug for the wiki, you know, but, Mm. um, yeah, they're insane and they're, they've got a ton of very detailed. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So Peabody is during, uh, Kursky's murder or is it Metcalf? Mm -mm. No, no. Yes. Metcalf. No, it's, no, it's Kursky. Kursky. It's Kursky. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's Kursky. Yeah. So we meet Peabody for the first time. Right. And we love Peabody. We we love Peabody. Yeah. Um, she's not in a lot of the book. This no. book. But uh, Eve notices that she's very efficient. Mm-hmm. And uh, knows what she's talking about. And Eve does go back to her later um, to ask her a question. Uh, because when Eve interviewed um, Morse... Who was first on the scene after Kursky's murder. Correct. And Eve interviewed him. Morse said something about seeing her eyes. Seeing her eyes. 
Yeah. Seeing her yeah. eyes. And later on, it occurs to Eve, you know, um, wait a minute. How could he see her eyes? I couldn't even see her eyes. She had a hood on and her face was obscured. So she calls Peabody, who is at the, uh, what is it? The Freedom of the Seven Counties Freedom Day. Freedom of the Seven Counties <laughs> Day, yeah. Some Irish thing <laughs> that so Feeney knows exactly. Yeah, but knows exactly what it is, you know, and uh, she's yeah. all irritated because she's on, she's on crowd detail, you know. Correct. And uh, she does confirm that there was no way you could see Louise Kursky's eyes from the position the body was Correct. in. Correct. So um, I feel like at this point, Eve um, wants to talk to Nadine and can't find her. Yes. Yep. And then they end up, then she kind of gets a moment where she realizes that, yeah, hey, it's CJ. And they go search his apartment. And they go search his apartment. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and Peabody finds the umbrella and the shoe. Right, the shoe yes. from Metcalf's murder Metcalf's that was murder. missing. And uh, I just I just thought it was because you know Peabody we get a first glimpse into Peabody's uh, background, which is background in her yeah father is a woodworker. Uh huh. And uh, yeah. likes to build hidden uh, compartments into his the furniture that he builds, and so she found uh, the hidden treasure in some hidden drawer in C.J. Morse's um, couch. Correct. So, yay Peabody. Yay Peabody. She's a smart one. So, and now we get to the dinner party, which I've been trying to get to this whole time, I feel like, for like the last 45 minutes. I'm trying to get to the end of this damn book. The dinner party part, you know. So, um... So they're at this dinner party, and uh, I think Angelini's there, which is awkward, you know, because she yeah, and Eve have a little awkward moment, and then Rourke throws him out. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, Somerset comes up to Eve and says she's got a call. So she takes the call, and it's uh, Angel, uh, yeah, Angelini, it's Morse, and he's got Nadine in the park. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's going to kill mm-hmm. her unless Eve gets there. Uh, within 30 seconds, or I can't remember how, how many. Uh, Five minutes. Like 15 minutes? I think it's 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Okay. Something like that, yeah. yeah. It seems like 30 seconds. Um, yeah, right. Within 15 minutes, and she just she just makes it in time. Correct. And he does the typical uh, murderer thing. He confesses all. Talks <laughs> yeah. about how he did it and why. Because of his mother. And he brags. And, and he brags. Yeah. And... and um, and he and Eve get into a scuffle. Uh, during that time, Rourke has missed Eve and wonders where she is. And he finds Somerset, who tells him that she took a call. And uh, he goes and looks and sees that uh, it's Morse. And he's called Eve to the uh, to the park. And she's gone by herself. And so he goes tearing off after her. And again, another scene that makes me want to strangle Somerset. Because seriously... Yeah. I mean, come on. That's that's she's, just a She's like, move. I don't know where she is. Like, I don't why do I care? Like, why do I care I where she her. is? Maybe she left. <laughs> Maybe she, she just left. left. She's trash. Like, right, she's dude. so inconsiderate. She left in the middle of your big important dinner party. I don't yeah. even know why you're I with mean, her. God. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to 
time. I'm like, dude, no. You are God, you are a dick. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Like he's kind of, <laughs> he really It's is. awful. Like I kinda of wanna see I kinda of, I wanna see the humor in him, but every time he like opens his mouth, I wanna then I wanna kind of throat punch him too. <laughs> well, and that's how he feels. I'm so glad you agree with me. <laughs> that's how he feels. You might you might feel differently a little later on in the series. Yeah, he grows he, on you. Like he does mold. grow on you. Yeah. He does grow on you a little bit. Mold. Yeah. <laughs> He's still a jerk, at, you know, later on, but it's more kind of knee jerk. You know, I'm being a jerk just for the sake of being a jerk, and I don't really feel this way anymore. Right. 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 Yeah. Because he obviously grows to care for Eve throughout the series, but right. he's, still, he's still a jerk to her just for fun. Right, spoils the fun too. But she's a jerk back to him, so it's okay. I guess I'll have to find out. Yeah, I mean it's their thing to be jerks to each other, and yeah. oh, totally. Yeah, that's that's a great. But I feel like in the first couple books, Eve is not a jerk to him. No, he's just being a total dick. Well, I mean, the first book she tries. You this know, book it, she it, is a jerk to it, him when he wouldn't I, let her I, in the I house. I was going to say, yeah, I think she was kind of jerky to him, when, especially when she broke in at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> She didn't and break in. Like, she was she was part of security. She just walked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rourke does tell her like, if I didn't want you here, you wouldn't have been she wouldn't be there. Security. Exactly. You know, but you know, she's not letting Somerset get away with keeping her away. Right. You know, so she's no. kind of a jerk to him. Um, which is understandable, but um. Oh, and we also, in this book, we, we skipped over to uh, Somerset's first meeting with Mavis. Oh, yeah. Mavis' <laughs> evening with Mavis, where Mavis is, is swimming around in the pool naked. And, yeah, and, and I actually... Somerset, and Somerset falls just a little bit in love. Yeah. And it's and so funny. another thing that's quite adorable with him. Yes, because he, he has a crush on Mavis. He totally has a crush on Mavis. From the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. From the very beginning. <laughs> Which seems really, really odd considering how he feels about, about, um, yeah, that you know, a, about Dallas. And then, yeah, about even how she. No, that'll yeah, be why he feels that way about Mavis. You'll, you'll see. It's not, I mean, it's not so much a crush as it is fascination. And he kind of, he very much comes to care for her as kind of a surrogate daughter type thing. So you'll see. <laughs> Keep reading. You'll see. <laughs> you'll see. Yeah, but his his crush, you know, on Mavis is really funny. Is it? It's cute. Yeah. And I feel like that that scene also, you do kind of a little bit see him maybe slightly softening toward Eve, because a bit. Eve's drunk, you know. And yep. she's partying with Mavis, but when they get the call and the, and and she's been called to the the TV station, she's yeah. sure that it's Nadine, and she's like beating herself up about it, like, "Oh my God, what did I do?" You know, uh, she's right. dead. It was supposed to be me, and she's doing that kind of thing. And Mavis comes to her and says, "Like, you know, no, don't do that to yourself." And um, and Somerset really doesn't say anything. But he helps her out of the pool, 
Yeah. Well, and then he tells her he'll bring her car around. Tells her he'll bring her car around. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's, to me, that seemed like the beginning of him kind of a little bit, maybe softening, maybe somewhat toward. But then he regresses at the end when, you know, she's going to a murder scene with a killer and he's like, I don't know where she went. Yeah, Crash. well, he didn't know she went to, a, you, know, you know, to be fair to Somerset, because I do like Somerset. I, I do like Somerset. And to be fair to him, he didn't know she took the call in private. So he did not know what the call was about. <laughs> Jen's rolling her eyes. <laughs> it was a dick move. I mean, he should say, but he didn't know she did brush out and he didn't know why. And, you know, yes, logically, you could say, like, well, she's a police officer. Obviously, she got a call and had to go, cool. like, you know. But, yeah, I mean, he he's like. I'm going out, you jack wagon. <laughs> sure. For real. Yeah. So, um, at this point, at the end, she, Eve and C.J. Morris are grappling together, fighting you know, he's got a knife and, and she, what is it? She kicks it out of his hand or something like that. Yeah. He drops it or something. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, she's, she hears a howl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and next thing she knows, Morris is off, off her. And she sees Rourke grappling with him, really punching him multiple times, multiple times. And somehow the knife ends up in, in C.J. Morse's throat. Yes. And they kind of look and go, oops. Which, I mean, in a miracle of medicine, we'll find out something in the next book. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> you kind of gave it away. That's a little spoiler. <laughs> no spoilers! That's a little spoiler. But... Um, so yeah, you know, and then one of the very first um, Yachtys in the series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get into Yannis later, but essentially, you know, um, on indeath.net, we came up with this term for uh, things that are inconsistent in the books, of which there are several. Many, you know, <laughs> uh, and we started calling them Yannis because it 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 stands for yet another noticeable Nora inconsistency. <laughs> <laughs> so there's several, you know. I mean, and I mean, it, I get it. It's you know, when you're reading, when you're books. writing a series like this, it's a lot of books. It's a lot to yeah. keep track of. I think her editor should be held responsible more than she should. Yes, really, definitely. I mean, so we've always said just, that there should have been somebody from the very beginning that's looking at consistency. Yes, because she should just be writing. If she's spending right. all her time going back through all the books and looking for, you know, something. Yeah. You'd never get anything done. You know, but, you know, somebody to check that kind of thing would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely needed in this in this series. So Yeah, well, it does. At this point, it's 50 books long. Yeah, I know. So. I was going to say, that's a, that's a lot of books to have to check for consistency. Correct. So, you know. And, you yeah. know, and here, thing too, is, you know, we're fans. We're reading these books over and over again. We're going to notice those things. Right. Right. So, and you know, so she's going to think of noticing those things. Yeah. And that's why you I know? felt like, you know, I mean, she could find somebody that, you know, checks Correct. consistency. I mean, 
you know that several people get these books in advance and can say like, oh, hey, you know, yeah, I want to, you know, before this goes to print, change this, keep right. track of everything because, you know, we just do it naturally because uh, like you said, we're fans. Yeah. But by this time, you know, this is the second book. So she didn't really have, she didn't really have that. She didn't sure. really have the fan base. Sure. And, um, so I feel yeah. like it's kind of, uh, forgivable. Oh, for sure. I mean, Absolutely. Kind of I'm, not, I'm not bagging on Nora at all. No. As, you know, you know, not like you one said, bit. It's, I mean, it's I more, it. it's more an editing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So whoever Nora's editor is, yeah, <laughs> that's the one that we should be looking at right now. Not Nora. Nora, no, we love we your books. Got... We love your books, Nora. And we're not bitching at you. We're bitching at your editor. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, after, after that happens and Morris is down for the count, all, you know, the cavalry comes in, you know, all the police come in and Feeney and, and, uh, everybody and Rourke and Eve are walking away from the scene and Rourke and he decides what well, he just proposes. Yep. I think you should think marry you should me. should get married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and he thinks it's perfect timing. Which probably is for him. You know, I mean, it's so them. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, because Eve doesn't need the, let's plan big elaborate. And the, you know, all the nonsense. She she doesn't need that. You know, they both almost died. Let's get married. Let's get married. (laughs) What better time? What better time? (laughs) Seems legit. Seems legit. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So that's the book. Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, I, this is, this, I, I forgotten how much I really enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall. It's a good one. It was good. It was very good. It, it's a, and, and like I said, I mean, she just, you know, writing the emotional stuff between main characters is where her. Where really she shines. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. It wasn't as, you know, we didn't have to have a whole world to establish um in this book so there was there was more storyline and less world building yeah (laughs) right i do feel like she still spends more time in the early books on um kind of crime scene details than she does later in the series Mm -hmm. there was a lot of you know oh the clothes were hanging this way and you know that Mm -hmm. sort of thing but Mm -hmm. um, because that kind of slides off a little bit too as the series goes on but, right. um, but I mean, I get it. That's still world building, but yeah, there was a lot more of the actual character, character building, I guess would be the way to put it right. in this one. Mm-hmm. Mostly between so, Eve and Rourke. Eve and Rourke, which and, is good. Right. That's, that's the basis of the series. So. But again, and it also goes to that, you know, story arc of, you know, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy Correct. gets girl back. And then in right. the next book, we'll see the happily ever after. And it, and it brings uh, Peabody into it. Yes. So. Yeah. She's one of the main characters of the series. So. Yeah. And you had to kind of know that because at the end, during the, um, the scene at the dinner party, she takes Whitney aside and she kind of says like, Hey, I just want you to know yeah. officer Peabody did an exemplary job and blah, blah. Right. And he said yeah. he'll he'll make a note of that. So, yeah. Uh, so that's glory and death. 
so let's see. We've got listener comments. Rebecca was asking about that earlier. Have we gotten comments? Yes. Good comments. And yeah, we actually have. We've gotten we've gotten some good ones. Some good ones. Um, we got a couple people on Instagram. Hertz Lioness books on um, about glory and death. Uh, she's saying the diamond necklace is her favorite scene where uh, Rourke gives Eve the diamond necklace and how Eve was terrified because she didn't know what to do with her feelings, which is, which is true. Which I mean, is true. That's what it represented. I don't get the impression that even though she's admitted that she loves him, that she has the, she still knows what to do with her feelings now. <laughs> yeah. I think she's just like, down and was like okay yeah i love you and now she's and, like uh, uh now what <laughs> yeah and full disclosure it takes her a long time to finally yeah. get there yeah i mean even after they're married it's a long time yeah but at least after they're married uh rourke is a little less <laughs> he's got her locked in at that point <laughs> right so he's a little less you know i've got to hear it from you you know yeah um he's yeah. a little less i'll just wait and see you know she'll yeah. come around eventually which she does. So, which is good, yeah. Um, and she also liked the Rourke's I want a dollar, I want nothing speech at the end, which, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, so I, I want to say Bryn, truly Canadian on Instagram. B-R-N, truly Canadian uh, on Instagram said, says she loves the podcast. Love the podcast of Naked and Death. You ladies rock. So That's thank awesome. you for that. That's probably thank you. born. You, real, you realize that, right? What? B-R-N is probably born. Born! <laughs> yes! <laughs> thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> Sorry about that, born. Hey, I contributed Canadian. something good. Hey. <laughs> good job. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> so let's see on Twitter Judy Kentris who's going to be a, one of our gonna special be guests here next week, next week so excited. Us, our special guest um, about the Naked and Death episode she said you really presented a great analysis of the book especially the characters right down to the cat looking forward to the next one and that's this one so hopefully she's not disappointed with this one um, also on Twitter, Susan said, so glad to have found this podcast. Listen to the first two episodes and it's Epso Mag. I started listening. Aww. I started listening to the audiobook of Naked and Death afterwards. And thank you're welcome. Because <laughs> I want everybody to start listening to the audiobooks because Susan Erickson is amazing. And I'm probably going to say that once every uh -huh. podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. She is. She I'll is. keep my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> <She is. laughs> Feel me like star. So also, also on Twitter, Beth says, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I started the series in 1995 and I usually reread it every year. Nerd alert. Hashtag nerd alert. Uh, I'm rereading with you all now, but I'm skipping the three or four that I don't like and fair. That's fair. fair. Yeah. That's what I, I replied to that one. I said, you know, 
we're going to power through them, even if we don't like them, and hopefully yeah. we'll see a different That's perspective. Fair. But yeah, yeah we, we all have, I mean, again, the book, the series is 50 books long. Yeah. We're not going to, there's going to be a couple in there that we don't like. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think that's just normal. And it but is. I think every time I read the books, you know, I get a different perspective on it. So Agreed. Agreed. I do too. There are a couple that I only read once because they didn't really you know sure. I was like, eh, I don't know. And so I, I'm looking forward to reading those again and yeah. seeing if I get a different uh perspective and, and go, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well that one wasn't bad. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So um we also have a listener question for Jen. Oh, Yes, from the wiki. Okay. Uh, and this person has, and I don't know who it is because a lot of times it, with the wiki, people are anonymous. So I'm sure. sorry. I'm sorry if I don't say her name because it wasn't on there. Um, when does Eve get her supercar? The DLE? The the DLE Urban. Yeah. That's in Promises, right? In, promise, in Promises? Yeah. Because that's after she, after, you know, it yes. gets wrecked. Yes. Yes. And- he was going to give it to her for her anniversary, for their anniversary. Right. And because her car gets wrecked, he gives it to her early. And then he says, well, I'll have to come up with something different for our anniversary. And then, of course, I don't know. Does, do we even find out what he gave her for that anniversary? I don't think we do. Probably. We know what she gave him. On the wiki, there's an entire page of gifts. Uh, that yeah, I know. Other, I've seen it. Which yeah. is, that's, again, that's how geeky we all are. Yes, we when are it comes indeed. To this series, but, we have a whole yeah. page on the wiki about what gifts yeah. they've given each other through. <laughs> through yeah, the it was actually on one of the Facebook pages today, and people were talking about the pregnancy thing, and I was just, and they were like, "Well," asking questions about some of the details, and I'm like, "Well, there's a wiki, and Nora has answered this multiple <laughs> times." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think it was about whether she could have children at all, and yes. Yes. You know. Nora, Nora says, yes, she, she can she have can children. She can have she children. Hasn't. She's just not going to. Right. <laughs> that we know of yet. And that that we know of yet. Right. And it's more, you know, not during the series. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to do also a baby episode. Or until she's wrapping it up. Right. So. Yeah. We're going to have to do a baby episode. of. of we that. are. Because that, I mean, that has been fodder in the fandom for 25 years since right. the series started. I mean, it's been... Because I think a lot of that is because all of her, like, trilogy series, they all end up pregnant and having yeah, kids. with the baby. I mean, Always. the recent ones, not so much, but, yeah. like, the early ones, they all get pregnant Always. and have babies. And, you know, and so I think that's kind of where that comes from. At least back then it did. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, you know, this is 50 books in. Why isn't she having kids yet? You know, you get three books in the Born In trilogy, and they all had kids by the end of it, you know? Right. And so, yeah. So I think that's part of it. They yeah. they just expect that from her, which yeah. that's this series is not the same as her other series. Right. So I think people need to understand that. Right. And the timeline, too. I mean, it, sure. it's, it's 50 books, but, but in... In time, in you know, in death it's been time, four years, three, so yeah, three and a half, four years, three years. So it's still like, still like, yeah, they're still, they're still newlyweds. Give yeah, them time. Still <laughs> so, um, yes, you are absolutely right. It he gave it to her in promises and death. Good job. Yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, early, early anniversary present. So, all right, there's that answer. That that question answered. So um, we also got an answer to the uh, trivia question, our last tri- trivia question that we gave. 
from our website. So uh, <clears throat> the last trivia question that we gave out uh, on the Naked in Death episode was, what was Mrs. Feinstein doing when her husband died? And uh, the question was... <laughs> The question was answered by Donna, and I, I don't know whether this is the same Donna from InDeath.net. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm still friends with her on Facebook, so I can. You'll check. have to ask her. Hey, hey, yeah. Are you listening to us? What's you, up with that? Are you listening? Did you answer this question? Because you got it correct, and good job. So. She sent us a, a message through the website, and she said Mrs. Feinstein had gone out to play Mahjong with the girls. Nice. <laughs> so that was the answer. Good job. Good job on that, Donna. Excellent. So I came up with a new trivia question. Uh, one of the things we kind of glossed over a little bit, but we did talk about in this, in this episode, is that um, David Angelini and... Uh, Who's the other guy? No, I don't even know the other guy's name. Randall Slade. Randall Slade got into a little trouble in one of Rourke's casinos on a gambling satellite. Where mm. was that satellite located? Mm. Where was that satellite located? That's a tough one. They say it several times. Yeah, I know they do. In this... <laughs> You're like, that's a tough one. I'm trying to, you know, come up with tough ones. Not so tough that, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> sort of tough. So, yeah. So that's, uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm looking so forward yeah. to Immortal, actually. Um, I am, too. That's another good one. It's yeah. another good one. And, you know, um, we, we established Peabody more. Yep. You know, she becomes more important. Mm -hmm. um, we bring Leonardo into it, who I love. Yeah. I love Leonardo too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think I mean, he's. You know, you know my feelings on Mavis, but I think Leonardo is pretty much perfect for her. So. And that's not a spoiler, Rebecca, because Leonardo pretty much pops up almost from the very beginning of the book. Yeah. Yeah, like first or second page, mm -hmm. literally. Well. Maybe a little bit after that, but yeah. It, First or second chapter, around... let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, so, yeah, we love Leonardo. And Trina! Mm -hmm. Considering I only got three hours of sleep last night, I'm probably not not going to reach the sec second chapter tonight. Chapter tonight. <laughs> That's okay. I don't you expect weeks. that from you, so, yeah. <laughs> you have two weeks. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, so you do have two weeks because... Um, Next week, we're going to have Judy Kentris on. She's going to be our special mm -hmm. guest. And uh, mm -hmm. we're going to talk mm -hmm. about even Rourke's relationship. Yep. She's a sweetheart, and she's a wonderful lady, and I adore her, and I'm so excited. And I really feel like we kind of gave her her start. Yeah. Because she she was, uh, like I said, one of our friends on InDeath.net, and she did fan fiction there. She did? She did fantastic fan fiction. Yeah. And, and she was she was very cute and very um, unsure about it and whether yeah. she should be writing or not. And, yeah. <laughs> and then she went off to write and we professionally. And like, you're right. Yeah. Oh then she, yeah. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So she's going to be on next week. 
Um, after that, then, would be Immortal. And after that will be another special guest, um, Tara. Yes. Will be on from yes. um, the podcast yes. Basic Snitches. Basic Snitches. So. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to a couple of theirs, and it's really fun. And I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but if you're a Harry Potter fan, yeah, you really need to listen to Basic Snitches because yeah. they're really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that wraps it up. <laughs> what? Hold what? On. Ah, We're not wrapping it I'll up tell yet. You later. I'll no, tell you later. fine. No, okay. no, I'll tell you Jen's later. going to talk to me later because so we're, we're going to wrap this up now and say from <laughs> from everybody at Podcast in Death, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm AJ. I'm Jen. And I'm Rebecca. Very tired, Rebecca. And Very tired. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Rebecca Moore, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This podcast and all of our previous podcasts are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Twitter and Instagram. But no, we don't have a Facebook page. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-4-ROARK. That's 205 205- for Roar. Thanks again for listening. And from all of us here at Podcast in Death, Slan Gafold.